Welcome, everyone, to episode one of Masala Zindabad, the podcast that ought to have been a book. I am Beth from Beth Loves Bollywood. And this is Amrita from Indie Quill. Joining us today is the lovely Greta from Main Sub Story, here to talk about the forgotten character actors in Hindi cinema. Welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm very happy to be here. So Greta, I thought we would start off with a little bit about, I know you've talked about this before, but how did you start watching Bollywood movies? I sort of drifted into it slowly. I have some Indian friends, friends who are of Indian origin who grew up in America, some very close friends. They're like sisters to me. And when I used to go to their houses for parties, there would always be a room full of aunties watching Bollywood movies <laughs> on television. They would just be totally the screaming children, the husbands drinking beer surreptitiously would be off, you know, another place. And the aunties would be gathered around a TV set watching beautiful ladies in chiffon saris on top of the Swiss Alps. And I was just like, oh my God, this is totally made for me. I just, you know, instantly loved it. But then I would wander in and out. Then I went to India for the first time, which was a place I had wanted to go to for a long time. I went in 2000, finally, on my first trip there and loved it. And I watched a Hindi movie on the plane on the way there and thought it was lots of fun. Anyway, so when I came back from that, I thought I should watch a movie and pay attention. You know, it's hard to pay attention on a plane and with aunties jabbering around a TV set. <laughs> so I actually tracked down a few videotapes and popped one in. I had no idea who anybody was or what I was looking for or anything. I just got some that, you know, I liked the pictures on the cover. And the first one that I happened to watch was Pyar Tohona Hita, which, and it was a pretty new film out. And it was Ajay Devgan and Kajal film, which I did not know anything about them at the time. And I figured out right away that it was a remake of French Kiss, which is a wow. movie that I love. It's a really great mm-hmm. rom-com, as they say. Anyway, so I figured out pretty quickly that it, you know, because it was kind of a scene by scene reenactment of French Kiss, except for that all of a sudden we're in the middle of a field full of yellow flowers and then there's a wedding and then we're at a mall and there are gangsters. And I was like, none of this was in French Kiss, but I like it. And I loved Kajal. I loved Ajay. I thought he was so handsome and I loved their chemistry together, which I've since learned makes me kind of a minority on the subject. But, you know, I just I just loved them. I loved the songs. I still love the songs. The song, I mean, that the song on the airplane, the Michael Jackson riffs in it, and, you know, the plane is, like, sort of zooming up and down, and there are gangs of priests singing, and trade trolleys <laughs> going up and down the aisles, and drinks flying, and it, it was just so amazing to me. I was like, I couldn't even have ever conceived of such a thing before I watched <laughs> I was like, okay, so next. You know, I didn't even yeah. take a breath. I just popped that one out when it was done, put in the next one, which happened to be Lagan. And this film I also loved in a completely different way because I was just completely drawn in and in a like, oh, I care about these people and I really want this to work out for them. And oh my God, I'm learning something about cricket. And ooh, what a lovely song. So I sat through Lagan. So at this point, you know, I've been sitting through five and a half hours of Hindi movies and I and Lagan ends and I'm like, you know, wiping away my tears and just thinking, oh my God, I need to see that again. You know, and that was it. I was just hooked. You know, I think I was lucky in that you know, the first few that I saw were films I would still like today. You know, it's funny because I, I don't think I would have ever thought of recommending Piyato Honahita to anybody as a beginner <laughs> yeah. Bollywood movie. So uh, to me, that's fascinating. 
But can I tell you something? I sh- that's the one I showed to my sister. After I'd been watching these films for a couple of years, I was desperate to have somebody that I actually spoke to in person to talk to them about, you know. So I sent her Pier Tahonahita and she loved it. It's the same thing. She was just like, oh my God, this <laughs> is fabulous. I don't think she'd even seen French Kiss, but she just loved it too. She loved, it's just so loony, but it's got this heart to it and you know it's just got the romance it's got the the charisma i just I, the colors it was just i just loved it okay so beth uh what was your first bollywood movie and how did you get started oh moment of shame so <laughs> my i started watching because bride and prejudice was coming to my my little town as a jane austen fan i'll watch any and all adaptations of her work and i had seen monsoon wedding and thought it was one of the most beautiful movies i'd ever seen so when i thought indian pride and prejudice yes please so i went to the website for the film and the director had put up this page of traditional indian film conventions that she was either going to be using or nodding towards or playing with or whatever and i read that list and i thought that that sounds really interesting i'm going to get one of those and because i live in a fabulous college town we have an amazing independent and very internationally stocked video store and so i just went in there and they had this probably 200 indian dvds including ray and stuff like that but then lots of bollywood and i just kind of looked at them and like Greta, I picked one that I thought looked fun based on the cover. And I too also got Lagan. <laughs> That's one of my first. But the one that I actually watched first was Mujzi Dosti Kurogi, which nobody liked. <laughs> I do. Nobody. Oh, good. I, and I had three of my my great friends who lived in town at the time, all of whom like musicals. So that was a good start. And they all thought, oh, yeah, we want to see Bride and Prejudice. We want to know more about this. So we got it. And all four of us are watching it. And we're all just looking at each other going, what is this? (laughs) It's so wonderful. And since then, you know, the the person that I'm lucky enough to have someone in town to watch with was one of those friends. Um, She and I still watch films together whenever we get the chance. And she, you know, she loved it also. And I stumbled into that. And you don't, if you don't watch classic Hollywood musicals, you don't see men dancing all that often. And so, you know, to get to see Rithik dancing right away in your first film was great. And of course, I've gone on to really love Rani Mukherjee. And I like Karina a lot, too. So in that way, it was a really good, it was a pretty good first film for me. But then in in retrospect, I think it's kind of surprising, maybe that that was... (laughs) What sold me and other people will say, I can't believe you continue to watch movies after that. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, but that was mine. And it just it just grabbed me. And like Greta, I was like, more, please. And just kept just kind of binged out right away. Yeah, I, it, it's interesting because that's also one of the first films that I watched because my friend Bina's one of her aunties had it. And so uh, Bina and her then boyfriend, now husband, the three of us watched it together one night and even and both of them were like yeah that's cute you know it's all right and I was like I love it yeah I did I loved it and in retrospect I also think I don't think that movie is particularly worse than lots of others but it does make it does seem to make a lot of people go so Greta I I think that you and I have actually talked about this I'm curious because you have done such a huge amount of work on tracking down character actors and the actors who do sort of side or small roles how long was it into your Hindi film watching experience that you started noticing these people and getting interested in them enough to start tracking them down and figuring out information about them I, I can't say when I started noticing them but I can tell you exactly Exactly when I had that first, I need to know who that guy is. I've seen him so many times now. And that was probably about two years into watching. And I had started watching older films by then because I've always liked older films. I, lo- I loved Hollywood, older Hollywood films growing up. I always, always the one in the TV, in the basement watching 
you know, the four o'clock movie on Channel 4 that was, you know, it was always an old black and white film and I loved them. And my mom would call me for dinner and I'd go upstairs and I'd be, you know, my eyes would be swollen. My face would be puffy because I'd just watched (laughs) An Affair to Remember. And my mom would look at me and be like, what is your problem? And I'm like, you know, oh, nothing, mom. I was just watching An Affair to Remember and she would, you know, roll her eyes at me and just (laughs) shove a plate of food at me and say, here, (laughs) don't eat that. (laughs) Do your homework later. But anyway, so I I drifted pretty quickly into older, into older Hindi movies. And I'm so glad I did because I still love them the best. But I was watching Tisri Manzil and Rashid Khan came, you know, he plays a waiter at the hotel. And he's sort of Helen's little hench person. He's the one who helps Helen make um, Shami and Asha miserable. And I saw him and I was like, oh, I have seen that weaselly little face a gazillion times. You know, I've seen him before. I need to know who he is, you know. And all my OCD kicked in. I stopped the movie and came over to the computer and looked at IMDb. And I think at that point they didn't even, they didn't mention who he was or anything. I think now it does have him sort of listed as the waiter in the hotel. But his name was there. But I I had just watched him. I think I had just seen him I had just seen him in some Devanand film from the 1950s. And so I looked that film up and the name that I found in common was Rashid Khan. So I thought, okay, so this might be Rashid, but I wasn't sure. So I looked, you know, to see what other films he had been in and I had a couple of them. And so I watched those and there he was. And I was just so proud of myself for figuring out who he was. So he's the one that really sort of kickstarted the rocking and swaying with my thumb in my mouth. Having having watched movies with Greta in person, I will attest that she does not actually, at least when she has company, rock and you know, sway with her thumb in her like, mouth. I don't know what it was that made me because you know I watched a, I grew up with Hollywood movies and watched a lot of those, and I, I think you had said this earlier, Beth, that you just you see people in them, but you're not that curious about them because you've just seen them, and you know there's a lot of sort of I, I think there's a whole site devoted to that guy they call mm-hmm. it, you know he's that guy in Hollywood film, you know which is basically what this is, but I never really you know I don't. I don't know what it, I think that the reason that I got started on the background guys in Hindi cinema is because I just watched so many films from a bunch of different decades in a very short span of time. Mm-hmm. So I'd see someone and I'd think he looks familiar. I think I saw him looking really young last week. And now he looks like 10 miles of bad road who is it you know it's like I think that's why I just got curious about saw that guy but he looked a lot younger when I saw him and I started to realize that these were people who were in hundreds of films over decades in the industry and it was almost impossible to find out anything about them I mean it took me a long time to track down their names when I started the blog that was actually a really big one of the big blessings of of blogging was that I could say you know well of course I didn't have any readers for a long time but once I started getting some readers I would I could say well who's this person and somebody always came through for me and said oh it's you know that's so and so and then would give me some background info so you know I realized Indians actually do know who these people are even though you know, there's nothing written about them anywhere that I can find. But Indians know who they are and have all the the storehouse of knowledge locked up in their heads about them, who they had affairs with, who their children are, who are now in the industry, etc. Indians, I think, I mean, from personal experience, I can't talk for the entire country, but from personal experience, I would say that watching these movies with your parents is kind of like when you're watching movies, current movies, and then you're like looking at these people, and then you have all this gossip floating around. You know who these 
these people, you know that Shilpa Shetty was on Big Boss, you know that uh, Rakhi Savant has this talk show and people who yeah. you really don't expect to stand the test of time. Like, you know, 20 years from now, Rakhi Savant. She's going to be Prime Minister, Amrita. <laughs> Thanks to you. Yeah, I ever have kids. I don't expect them to know who Rakhi Savant is. But, you know, in a hypothetical situation, 30 years from now, I'm sitting with my kid and my kid goes, who's that weird looking tranny? And I'm thinking, oh, I totally know who that is because she was this huge deal when I was young. That's Rocky Savant. And that's the kind of conversations that we have with our parents today, except the people that they knew were people like Iftar and, yeah, and Ajit yeah. and, um, you know, Amjad Khan and just lovely people who you actually wanted to know about. Well, I would probably want to be, I would want to know about Rush. I'll be that lunatic gory saying, who is that? I must know. <laughs> but it kind of feels like, uh, like what you was, you were talking about, Beth, that these are people that you see over and over and over again when you're, when you're a kid watching these movies growing up and you never really think about it because it's like you said, Greta, it's that guy. And you kind of start associating who they are with the characters that they played. Like you, you don't even think about it. But if you see like an older Pran movie, you think bad guy. You see a later Pran movie, you think best friend of the hero or something like that. You start adjusting your expectations of who that person is. And the names become less important. And uh, the characterization is what kind of sticks out in your memory. So you see Iftikhar and you remember him as the, the police officer. <laughs> or the kindly father or the yeah and then uh, because bollywood is so incestuous in such a way and my mother tells me gossip from the 70s or the 60s or well, i picked up a lot of the information i have about these people i have picked up from my vintage film magazines which i do take what i read in them and with it with a pinch of salt because they are they're gossip magazines but but they do have they have interviews with these people and then they have wedding pictures and i'm like oh so i find out who married who even if it only lasted for like 10 months or whatever. So I do find a, a lot from reading those vintage magazines. So one of the things that we wanted to ask you is, do you often have the impulse to research stuff or is there something especially compelling about, because I know you have this thing called the Artist Identification Project and stuff like that. So is there yeah. something really special about this or is this just something that happens to you often? Yeah, no, I'm not really somebody who's ever, you know, I've never particularly enjoyed doing research. I've, writing term papers was just a nightmare for me. There's just a, something about this subject that I find interesting. Not even just the character actors, but Hindi cinema history in general. It's just so long, dates back to the early 1900s. It is so diverse and so rich and it's so, so poorly documented. So I guess that combined, I do have this little bit of OCD. So that combined with just realizing how badly documented a lot of this is. I just started trying to figure out it's poorly researched and a lot of a lot of information that's floating around out there is just it's just hearsay that's been copied and passed on and it's the oral tradition mm -hmm. in a way which, ha which is lovely and fine and I don't have any criticism of that but it just for me I want to know more about these people and I want to I want to find out stuff that's not easy to, to just read and take for granted I want to find out more in-depth stuff about them like Chandra Mohan now Chandra Mohan was not a character actor he was a pretty huge star in his day he didn't have a very long career because he died so young but man he had charisma 
charisma on screen. I just, the first time I saw him, I remember just going, oh my God, I must know who he is, you know? And there's really very little about him out there. So I've dug around, I've managed to dig up some old Film India articles on him and, you know, some other old magazine articles. But I would like to know so much more about him than I ever will. Hearing you say this makes me wonder, does knowing more about these performers, how does it affect how you see them on screen or does it? It doesn't really. I'm pretty able to separate the the character from the actor. You know, if I like a character, it doesn't matter if I what I think of the actor. And I also t- I try not to be too judgmental, you know, about people that I haven't met and that I don't know the story about. So even if you hear about Amitabh and Rekha's affair and people say, oh, I can't stand them because, you know, they ruined Jaya's life, whatever. For me, I don't necessarily approve of it, but I don't disapprove of it either. It's none of my business. And I will enjoy an Amitabh movie. I will enjoy a Rekha film. I enjoy them together on screen without letting that come in between. That's just personally how I am. What about a sense of, like, I know that when I have finally figured out who a certain face that I keep seeing in 70s film is, the mm-hmm. next time I see them, I'm so excited because I think, I know who that is now. And there's that kind of, I don't know, yeah. participation thing. Like, it makes me more of an active viewer slash consumer of the film somehow. But I really, I really find that satisfying, even though I realize it doesn't actually matter very much, if at all. There's I think something it, extra fun about that for me. I think it does matter because I think that, you know, it's like, I, you know, I sat down to watch a film a couple of weeks ago and I didn't really know anything about it. I just shoved it in there. I downloaded it or something. So I didn't even have a synopsis or anything. I shoved it into the DVD player. And the first thing I see is Shivraj and Madan Puri, you know, bounding up some palace steps. And I immediately I felt like, oh, these are buddies of mine in this film. So clearly it's going to be fun. You know, it's not going to be a, a dead loss because Madan Puri is in it and Shivraj is in it. So, I mean, I do feel connected to them and like they're their family, but it's not in it's not in any kind of personal sense. It's in the sense of I know what kind of character, as you said, I know what kind of characters they play. There's a consistency to who they are in films that's familiar and and in a strange way comforting you know if you don't know what you're about to see just having those faces and those names in the credits it's like oh yay you know when i see when i see bella bose or lakshmi chai i'm like ooh. and there's something about there's kind of a question i think for those of us who didn't grow up with this a fluency because it makes you feel like i know a little bit more now than i did i'm going to understand this a little bit better than i would have a week ago it's not as important as language acquisition obviously but it's just there's something about the familiar familiarity that is insider stuff. Yeah, comforting, but also, yeah, it makes you feel a little bit more like you belong, which is a whole other topic that's, I just think that's, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, that is a topic for another day, because, um, yeah, we could talk a lot about that. But I just like them. And there's some character actors, I know who they are, and I'm glad I know who they are, but I don't go, ooh, when I see their name on the credits, I just think, oh, okay, you know, I they don't all appeal to me, but the ones who do appeal to me really, really appeal to me. <laughs> I like them better than the stars in a lot of, I mean, there's some stars that I love too, but there are an awful lot of stars that feel sort of meh about, and I'd rather see the character actor than I like Jitendra just fine, but I'm not nearly as excited to see his name in the credit as I am to see <laughs> Sham Kumar's, you know? It's like, Sham Kumar, yay! There's going to be some crazy outfit, and he's going to be glaring at the screen and shouting. I can't wait. <laughs> so one of the things that it stands out about your interest in these actors is that you have made, or your actor identification project, with your picture galleries by decade, which I know I have downloaded and used quite a bit. 
So I wonder if you could tell people a little bit about making the picture gallery and how much work that takes. Because as someone who does Photoshop for a living part of the time, I can't imagine that what you're doing is easy. <laughs> well, it's not that hard, actually. I mean, my background is in graphic design as well. So Photoshop is like breathing for me at this point. And, and all I do, the genesis of the, the gallery was really just that I started collecting screen caps of actors that I had finally either figured out who they were or wanted to know who they were. And so I just kept them in a folder on my computer just for my own edification. I saved the screen cap with the name of the film and the year, or if I knew who it was with the name of the actor and the year and the film it was from. So I, I collected these for a few years, you know, three, four years. I've been collecting those. And finally, and I had seen, you know, Sarjeet Singh's site on the yes. web. He had done, you know, sort of a quiz thing along the same lines. He had all these um, screen caps of different actors and actresses, and and he, he had labeled them with their names. And I, I just thought that was brilliant. It was, and I used it a lot too. To mm -hmm. um, and I thought, you know, I should do the same sort of thing because I knew that by now I had way more screen caps than I had seen anywhere else. So I decided to divvy them up by decade, and because I wanted to represent the actors not just their faces at a certain point in their careers, but how they changed and how long their careers were. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like Durga Kote, she was in films for 60 years and she started off as the most unbelievably gorgeous kick-ass heroine and ended up as great-grandmother. And she was just so, had such screen presence throughout that 60 years. So I wanted to be sure she was in there covering the span of her career. So I just, you know, I, I just put them together one day. I, I thought of making a web page out of them, but that seemed like too much work to update web page so i just um put them together i actually put them together in a cork exp express document yeah. because that's an easy page layout program that i'm used to using and it you know i just put this the you know tried to pick the best screen caps and and started putting you know the people in there that i knew who i knew and i actually it, and it's growing pretty fast yeah the 60s i'm the 60s and 70s now I'm, I'm starting to find it more difficult it's like oh I already have that person I already have that person I already have that person when as someone who uses your your pages that way particularly for the 70s <laughs> I find I really love that you have these people over separate decades because it might be that I've seen someone as a grandfather from a film from the 90s but yeah. then he pops up as a villa as a smuggler or something yeah. and somewhere earlier and it really helps to see the changes and it also really helps because people who love the 70s films people are in such crazy wigs and fake eyebrows and stuff sometimes yeah. it's very actually it's hard to tell who they are great to have well that's I like actually that you have a variety of sort of clean shots of the person but also you do show them how yeah. they sometimes tended to look which is with crazy fake gray hair or whatever it may happen to be oh, the wigs my god the wigs that's one of the that's one of the hindrances to actually identifying people for me yeah. Yeah. is that you know there's just all kinds of goofy spare hair and and facial hair and you know that the, they may be dressed as a shake and you know yeah. big heavy dark glasses and you just but once you get used to used to the types of characters that they play then you can kind of narrow it down even from that you know like I figured out who Hercules was I, I knew that he had to be a hench person because Hercules, hello, <laughs> and you had to be kind of a big muscular guy, probably looked like a wrestler. And so I gradually started narrowing down who I thought it might be. And I finally, I think I finally have it. But like Nazir Kashmiri, I've seen his name for five, six years. He was in every single film ever made in the history of the world. <laughs> Always down there in the last end credits, you know, with all the other minor bit parts. And I mean, it's just a cool name. So it caught my attention. I was just like, who is this person? He's in everything. And I could just never, 
I could not make a connection. And I figured out later, it's because he often played these shuffling old men, mm. you know, and there are lots of shuffling old men in Hindi films, you know, and so sometimes he was a villager, sometimes he was the care, you know, a servant, sometimes, you know, whatever. I finally figured him out, you know, with some help from some of my readers, because I was just like, please, my head is going to explode if I can't find him. So with some help from, you know, some of my readers and just persistence, I finally figured out and now it's easy for me to spot him because he has a very distinctive voice but I did not I didn't know that you know when I started looking for him he's a very distinctive voice um but you know he's always in costume and you know but and it was funny because when I wrote about him on the blog and I said I found him I found him I found him people were like oh Ramu Kaka <laughs> why didn't you tell me that oh he plays Ramu Kaka and they were like well we didn't know I think you've pretty much answered our next question which is going to be uh, what kind of contribution do you think these actors made to uh, films film culture and why might the general Bolly fan find this interesting yeah I have answered that I mean it's mostly because I, and can you imagine a film without these people Yeah, that's what I keep thinking, is that they really flesh it all out. Yeah. I felt, I mean, I love Shami. You know I love Shami. And I love Asha. But Shami and Asha together in Tisri Manzil without Rashid Khan as the waiter, without Lakshmi Chaya as her best friend, without Indira Bansal as the, you know, girl with the hockey stick who's scary. Those people just add so much color. You know, if they weren't there, it would just be so dull, 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 dull. You know, and even, like, Helen's songs. I love Helen's songs. And Helen can carry a song on her own for sure. But how much more fun is it when she has background dancers in there who are, you know, dressed in ruffled shirts and doing these crazy moves? And they just add so much depth and color and life. I think they also add a lot of contrast, which is nice so that you your your hero will look more heroic if he's got a doofy best friend. I like that they give the stars something to be starry but against. That's not the only thing though. They're also more interesting in a lot more ways than the act the actual leads of the movie who tended to be a little bland sometimes. Yeah, they have very prescribed behaviors. No, it's true because heroes and heroines have very specific sets of behaviors that they have to adhere to. And villains and vamps can just go mm-hmm. wild. And it's fabulous. Or evil stepmothers or maws can weep and tear their hair. They just have a whole different set of behaviors that are just that range from, you know, something subtle but meaningful all the way to just completely crazy dressing in these disguises. And, you know, you know, another reason I love these people so much is because that's who I would want to be if I were (laughs) in the film industry. If I were an actor, seriously, I would much rather be one of the background actors who got to do a bunch of different things and wear a bunch of different wigs and (laughs) outfits and disguises. I would never want to be the heroine. I would always want to be the vamp or the best friend or whatever. And you've seen so many films. I know you watch them from all sorts of different eras. Is there an era or a type of film that you think is especially rich in really good things, really good bit roles for these sort of side actors to do? And do you have any favorite films that highlight them other than Gadar, which we talked about Uh, last week? I don't know that there's any era that's better. I just really enjoy the films from the 60s. And I think that it's particularly special because a lot of the actors who started out in the 30s and 40s were still working, but they had been in the industry now for 20, 30 years and they had moved from, like Ajit. Ajit moved from being a very handsome hero in the 50s to he 
transitioned into villain roles in the, in the 60s and then continued that in the 70s and on to the end of his career. And for me, it's, that's an interesting transition point in Indian cinema for me because, you know, they, the new people took over, like Shami was at the beginning of that, you know, taking over from the old guard. And the old guard morphed into mm. other roles, which... And very gracefully, I think, except Devonand, of course, but <laughs> I forgive him completely for that because I, I still love watching him in even 70s movies as the, the, the hero. I just, there's something right. about His him. His movies in the 60s and the 50s were just amazing. I don't think. Devonand made such unbelievably good movies in the 50s. Just, you know, they're just good movies. They're fun to watch. They have mm-hmm. messages. He's fun to watch in them. His heroine is fun to watch. They have great music. You know, he's really, he's always sort of seems to be talked about as the the lesser light from the big three of Dilip Kumar and Raj Kapoor and Devanand, but I he's my favorite, I've got to admit. Join us next time for part two with Greta for Main Sub Story. This is Masala Zindabad, the podcast that ought to be in the book. Aku hi, aku mi, ya roka dil ko jata hai.